One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Hello, and welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Today's episode is all about how to tell people that you're having an unconventional wedding. So this is not like announcing your marriage. This isn't about oh how to send out you know we got hitched cards or put an announcement in the paper if people are still doing that or you know put it up on Facebook whatever the modern equivalent is. This is how to tell the people in your life that you are planning a wedding that's going to be a little bit non-traditional, a little unconventional. a little off the beaten path whatever you want to call it how to kind of break that news to everyone and not in a way where you you know call for a family meeting and say okay attention everyone i am not wearing a white dress or you know whatever it is but just you know as you are planning your wedding things will come up and people might make certain assumptions um and sometimes it's important to let them in ahead of time and share with them some of the uh, unconventional or non-traditional things that you're doing So off the bat of course unconventional is going to mean different things to different people um in some cultures you know not wearing you know if you do have a bride at the wedding the bride not wearing white is going to be super um you know non-traditional unconventional in other places totally normal you know the bride wears red or black or some other color so it really does depend you know where you are uh what your circle of friends are doing or have done what your family does what culture religion uh dictates but basically anything you're doing that is different than maybe the last five weddings you've been to or that you know the first time it's been done in your family or with your group of friends or in your culture or whatever it is it is anything that's sort of outside that norm i would say is uh is unconventional and of course it doesn't mean your whole wedding needs to be you know you know oh we're getting married underwater in scuba suits or something like that it doesn't have to be totally um you know wacky and wild if it is that's awesome but it doesn't have to be that it can just be super small things like hey we're not going to have flowers or um we're going to do our vows in private instead of in front of everyone or you know whatever it is we're going to have a brunch wedding even though you know everyone always does dinner weddings so for some reason <laughs> 
people in our lives get super invested in our wedding planning. And sometimes, you know, when they hear about these decisions we've made to do things a little bit non-traditionally, a little bit unconventionally, they get really hurt or offended or upset or sad or whatever it is. So today's episode is all about how to sort of navigate those emotions and, you know, talk to people and not ruin friendships or relationships because you've decided to wear pink instead of white. I will also say off the top here, sorry, this is a really long uh, preamble before we get into it, but also that, of course, you don't have to share all of these decisions with everyone. You don't have to send your 200-person guest list a slideshow with all of the things that you're going to do at your wedding that are going to be slightly um, off base or, you know, not totally normal. But things like, you know, let's say if you grew up in a culture where the bride is usually walked down the aisle by her father and given away to the groom. And, you know, that's always what's done at weddings you've attended and you're not wanting to do that. Obviously, if, you know, if you're the bride, you're going to need to give your dad a heads up because he'll probably assume, okay, you know, when do I meet you? Where, you know, where are we walking? What's the plan? What's the song? All that. So things like that, where you'll want to give people a heads up, or if there are people who are involved in your wedding planning, maybe your parents are helping you out or um, close friends or family members, you know, they're going to want a little bit of a heads up. And if you are doing, you know, just a super um, unconventional wedding and you think people are going to be kind of thrown off or caught off guard or whatever it is, it's kind of helpful to give them a little bit of a heads up and a hint ahead of time. So in my case, my partner and I are planning a very small wedding, like 20 people. um, And obviously that's something we kind of need to share with our family because all of the weddings sort of, well, pre-COVID, all of the weddings in our family are one, two, 300 person affairs. And once we got engaged, I think a lot of people, you know, our outer extended family who didn't know our thoughts kind of assumed that that's the wedding that we would be having. So sort of breaking that news, I'm getting ahead of myself. This is later in the episode, but breaking that news and sharing it with people and letting them know um, is important. So again, you don't have to share all of your unconventional ideas with everyone on your guest list, but there are certain people who are going to need a heads up about certain things you're going to do. Okay, let's get into it. So step one is be a united front. And I say this in so many of my episodes, and it's so true, um, with with everything, wedding planning, life planning, marriage planning, everything you do, you and your partner should be on the same page. And that doesn't mean you need to start on the same page, but before you make your plan, make a decision, finalize things, and certainly before you share it with anyone, you definitely need to be a united front. You need to make sure that you and your partner are on the same page. You both agree with whatever it is. Let's say the tradition is you've decided to skip flowers. You're not going to have any bouquets or corsages or boutonnieres. You're not going to have floral centerpieces. You're not going to have flowers um, on the aisle or at the ceremony or anywhere in the reception space. Just no flowers. You totally, totally nixed this thing. So in this example, let's say, you know, you come to the table, you want some flowers, your partner comes in not wanting any flowers, you talk about it, you have some discussions, you, you know, price things out, you consider alternatives, you know, what else could you do instead of flowers, and you come to the decision that, okay, no flowers. Awesome. So you're both on board with it. And that's super important, because let's say, you know, you go to your next family function, and you're sharing and you say, Oh, yeah, you know, we've decided not to do flowers. What if, um, you know, your aunt catches wind of this, and she's super offended. So she decides to go to your partner and say, What? I heard you're not doing flowers. And if you weren't on the same page, your partner could, you know, throw you under the bus and say, Oh, yeah, you know, so and so doesn't want to do flowers. So I guess we're not. But if it was up to me, you know, we do flowers, or, you know, maybe if the aunt is really overbearing, they might your partner might even start sort of caving and say, Oh, well, I guess we could do some flowers, you know, now that you point that out. But if you're both on the same page, if you're a united front, 
You're making sure that, you know, Aunt Becky or whoever can't undermine you, can't go around one of you and get to the other to try to change your mind because for some reason Aunt Becky is so invested in the fact that you have flowers. So you definitely want to make sure you and your partner are talking in private first, you're agreeing to things, you're finalizing things, you're making those decisions before you share anything with anyone. Another thing you and your partner will want to talk about is maybe anyone who's going to struggle with that sort of news. So, you know, with the no flowers and the Aunt Becky, maybe Aunt Becky is like a florist or maybe she's just super into flowers. But for things like, you know, for the example um, of the father walking the bride down the aisle, if you've decided you don't want to do that, obviously, you know, your dad, if you're the bride or your mom or whoever, they might really struggle with that news. So that's something you and your partner want to talk about, like who's going to have a hard time with us skipping this tradition or us doing this thing a little bit differently. You know, maybe your sister really wants you to wear her veil or it's been a veil that's been passed down, you know, for generations and you've decided not to wear a veil. Okay. Those are some people who might struggle with your news. So it's kind of a good idea to talk about that with your partner ahead of time, just so you both know, hey, here's where we think, um, you know, some of the heat is going to come from with this decision. You know, sort of bottom line on this one, it's your wedding day, it's the two of you, it's not you and someone else. And honestly, this is a reminder that even I could use because I know sometimes I'm on the phone with my mom, and we kind of get caught up and we start talking and making decisions. And I forget to loop in my partner, which I think stereotypically in a heterosexual relationships, a lot of brides are probably a little bit guilty of this, of just, you know, going off with the wedding planner or bridesmaids or parents or whoever and making decisions and talking about the wedding and not really looping in the groom. And um, I did a whole episode on why the groom needs to be planning this wedding as well. It should not just be the bride doing it, but uh, you know, we, we got to make sure that we're not making decisions unilaterally. So just keep coming back to the fact that it is your wedding day for the two of you, not you and someone else. And that's really where you should be making all of your decisions from. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. So the second piece of advice I sort of have on this one is to give hints ahead of time. So like I said, in my own example, my partner and I are planning a very small wedding, like 20 people. And that's something that we have been hinting at for literally years. <laughs> I wrote a post on my personal blog, I think, 
probably three or four years ago. And the title was I Want to Elope. And that's a blog that's, you know, out there in public. And I share that with friends and family have made absolutely no secret of the fact that we want to have a very small wedding. And um, our closest friends and family, they know that about us. And they knew when we got engaged that that was something that we were planning to do. And even in their letters of congratulations to us, you know, the cards or messages that they sent were saying things like, oh, we're so excited for you. You know, we can't wait to hear the happy news. And we hope you, you know, have the day you want. And that sort of thing, knowing that we were to do something a little bit smaller, a little bit more intimate and personal and just us. Of course, there are people, you know, in our wider circle, people we don't see all the time, who probably still think we're planning some 100, 200 person big wedding. Um, maybe even they think we're going to do a church in a hall or something like that. But that is totally not us and definitely not something we're doing. So if you're in a similar boat, if you have some sort of tradition you are skipping or convention that you're not going to go through with that's going to kind of shock people or just be so, so different from what other people do, it's a great idea to start dropping those hints ahead of time. So for example, um, you know, if, if you're deciding not to wear white, if you're a bride, you can sort of start dropping those hints even before you get engaged or as soon as you get engaged, you know, chatting with people being like, oh yeah, I'm so excited to go look at dresses. You know, I've been thinking of red or blue or, oh, here's this purple one I think is so pretty. Just sort of letting some people know. Again, Again, you don't need to let the whole guest list know. You don't, you're not trying to get a bunch of unsolicited opinions here. That's definitely not it. You're just kind of breaking the news a little bit, dropping some hints to the people who are going to need that little bit of a heads up and aren't going to be, you know, scandalized and faint at the sight of you in a purple dress on the day of your wedding. You can also enlist some other friends and family members to help you out. So if you have some, you know, maybe your sister is super on board with this idea of you wearing a purple dress and you can, you know, let her know and say, hey, start spreading the word at the next family function, you know, remind people or, oh, can you work on mom? You know, she's super <laughs> stuck in this uh, idea that I'm going to wear her dress from the 80s. So can you just, you know, work on her, let her know that I look so great in the purple dress or, you know, something like that. Getting more people on your side, I think is super helpful um, if you're trying to get other people to accept the traditions that you're leaving behind. My next tip on this is to go into any conversations with zero judgment. So for example, for me, I am not having a wedding party at my wedding. Wedding party also called the bridal party, but wedding party is a less gendered term. I'm not having a wedding party and this is for many, many, many reasons. And I went into them a little bit in a past episode all about wedding parties, but basically it comes down to, I think, uh, wedding parties are unnecessary. I think it's, you know, it's extra drama. If you go into any of the Facebook groups about wedding planning, there's always 8 million posts about people having all this drama with their bridesmaids and dresses and not planning things and blah, blah, blah. It's too much. It's too much stress. It's too much drama. It's a lot of money. You know, you're asking your friends to pay for outfits and hair and makeup and shoes and flights and hotels. Um, and I'm already asking some of our guests to pay for hotels and flights just to come out to be at our wedding. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, I don't really want to make them buy an outfit they'll never wear again. Uh, what else? It's also, it's a lot of time if you're asking people to go and, you know, try on dresses and go for fittings and alterations and come to the rehearsal dinner. Um, and a lot of people enlist their, you know, their bridesmaids or groomsmen or whoever to also help with party planning. They now need to plan bachelor and bachelorette parties or bridal showers or come to, you know, crafternoons and, and work on things. And it's just the whole concept to me is very strange. It's weird that we ask our friends to, you know, buy matching dresses that they'll never wear again and spend all this money and all this time and sort of force them to be little like wedding planners and, and buy us gifts and things like that. The whole concept is just <laughs> very, very strange to me. And I don't understand it. And I especially don't understand it when it's a situation where 
you know, I'd be asking people to stand up there with me who are friends of mine, you know, from childhood or are their relatives of mine or university or whatever, but they're not people who intimately know me and my partner. You know, they're not people we go on double dates with or hang out with all the time. So why are you standing up there, a person who has met my partner twice? Um, you know, why are you standing behind me while I marry my partner? If I really you know, was supposed to pick people who support my relationship, who know me and my partner really well, it should be like my mom standing up behind me or something like that, right? It's so strange. You see all these weddings where, you know, the bride has chosen like her third cousin and this friend from university and this other girl who has to like fly in from the other side of the world who's never met the groom before. It's like, why are they up there? It's just, it's very strange. You have to rank your friends. I'll get off my soapbox. But anyways, that's a huge one that, you know, I'm leaving behind. I'm not having a wedding party. I think it's too much drama, too much money, too much stress, all that stuff. Um, but that is a huge one that, you know, a lot of people uh, who I could talk to could really feel like I am judging them by my choice. So for example, I have been in other people's wedding parties and it's kind of an awkward conversation, you know, if I'm, if I'm with them and sharing and saying, oh yeah, I'm not going to have a wedding party. Um, and they might get all offended thinking, oh my God, she's judging me. She didn't want to be in my wedding party. Why did I even ask her, you know, this, whatever angry word they want to put there. I want to keep my rating safe on this podcast. Um, but yeah, it can be one where people automatically hear about your personal choice and they think that you are judging their wedding, which is totally not the case. I have been a bridesmaid a few times, absolutely loved it, thought it was so much fun, such a great honor, had no problem spending that sort of time and money on my friends. And I'm sure if I decided to have bridesmaids that it would be the same story. People would be very happy about it. It's just not something I want to do. So for for you and whatever it is, the tradition that you're skipping, just make sure when you do go into those conversations with people who might be a little bit more prickly about it, who you know might get offended, who might think you're judging them, that they know that there is absolutely no judgment, that you are making a personal choice for your own wedding and it's not a statement about their wedding or you know a judgment in any way on what they did or what they want to do. Um, people are different, right? People pick, you know, different dresses and different types of food and different shoes and different partners. Um, and it's not a judgment on anything anyone else has done. Also know that you don't need to justify your choice. So for example, that little soapbox rant I just did on why I'm not having a wedding party, I would never, ever say that out loud to friends of mine whose wedding parties I have been in because I wouldn't want to, you know, offend them by going on this long rant with a laundry list of reasons why I think the wedding party is unnecessary because obviously they thought the wedding party was necessary and, you know, they thought I was a special enough part of their life to ask me to be a part of it. And I think that's really, really meaningful and really nice. So I would never want to, you know, sit there and, and preach at them about why I think the wedding party is horrible or try to convert them into changing their mind. There's really no need for that. You don't have to justify your choice. You don't have to give a reason. You can just simply say like, oh yeah, we've chosen not to do a wedding party. Um, you know, nothing against you, whoever, friend. Um, you know, I loved being in your wedding party. It's nothing bad about that. I had a great time. Don't worry. Just, it's not something we want to do. And that's it. You leave it at that. You're not trying to preach. You're not trying to convert. You're not trying to justify your choice, but you're also not making a judgment about anything that that person has done. My next tip on this is to leave room for hurt feelings. Weddings have a ton of big emotions involved, and that's because it's all about relationships, you know, family, and it's all about money. And when things like, you know, family and money get involved, it's it's normal for a lot of big emotions and feelings to come up. Um, I was listening to another podcast recently, 
and I'm going to mess up the wording here, but basically the bride decided she wasn't going to have a bridal shower. And her mom said something like, why are you doing this to me? Like, why are you personally attacking me? And if you, you know, roll it back and go, what? Like me deciding not to have a bridal shower is personally attacking you. It makes no sense. But of course there's a lot of emotion tied up in that. Maybe, you know, culture or tradition or money, who knows what it is, but things happen. People feel the way that they feel. So there's a very good chance that people will have strong reactions or they might get really offended or, you know, feel like they're caught off guard when they hear about your decision to, you know, not wear a veil or not have a wedding cake or skip the bouquet toss or whatever it is that you're doing. So prepare for this. Um, And it could be something like we talked about, you know, if it's a situation of your dad walking the bride down the aisle, um, that's one where you probably know ahead of time that that's going to be, you know, a big feeling, you know, where that's going to come from. But it could be something you don't even see coming, right? It could be you've decided to skip the sweetheart table. And for some reason, your, um, I don't know, grandma is really upset about that because she had a sweetheart table and it's her fondest memory from her wedding. And she has this beautiful framed black and white photo of it. And she's so sad that you're not going to be doing that. You don't know. Um, People come at weddings from all different angles. They bring all sorts of baggage with them. There's a lot of emotional baggage that goes into weddings. So just prepare for the fact that some people are going to need some more space. They're going to need some time to sort of sit with, uh, with their feelings on this. Again, going back to my previous point, you don't want to make any judgments with your choice. Uh, You're not trying to convert anyone to your way of thinking. You're not trying to preach about it. You also don't need to justify it. But in some cases, it can actually help to have longer chats with people to really take time explaining, you know, where you've come, where you're coming from, share some alternatives. So for example, let's say, um, you know, let's say the father-daughter dance. That's like this huge, big tradition that you are not comfortable with. Let's say you're a bride. You don't want to do a father-daughter dance. You don't like the symbolism whatever your reasoning is. So, you know, for some people, it's okay just to say, hey, dad, just wanted to give you a heads up. We're not going to be doing the father-daughter dance. You know, I I love you. It's just not a tradition I want to take part in. Leave it at that. Let your dad sit with it. Let him feel his feelings. But in some cases, it'll be helpful to explain yourself a little bit more. And again, this is totally your choice. You don't have to justify, you know, what you've decided. But if you want to, you know, your dad might benefit from hearing that. So you could sit down with him and just say, hey, you know, I I don't want to do it. I think it's really... um, I don't know, whatever your reasoning is, it's disrespectful to mom to not have a dance with her or, um, you know, it makes me uncomfortable. It feels very much like I'm still being given away like property or my partner has, you know, doesn't have a relationship with his parents and I don't want to do a dance that he's not going to get to be part of. You could also share some alternatives. Like you could say, hey, instead of a father-daughter dance, we're going to do a family dance. And we're going to ask all of the parents and siblings, you know, all the immediate family for both myself and my partner to come up on the dance floor. And we're going to dance to we are family (laughs) all together. And it's going to be really fun as opposed to this, you know, slow dance with just the two of us. Um, Or, hey, you know, we're not doing the dance, but we'd love for you to give a speech or we'd love for you to... I don't know, do a reading at the ceremony, something like that, other alternatives. So some people will benefit from hearing that from you, understanding your way of thinking, and other people just need to hear that, hey, this is my decision, it's firm and it's final, 
you know, go away, <laughs> go away with that, not go away, but go away, feel your feelings. And, you know, we can chat about other things when you're ready. But remembering at the end of the day, you know, even if you do have this long chat with your dad, you know, you have many tearful conversations on the phone, you explain yourself, you share all these beautiful alternatives, you, you know, really sit down with him and, and try to make him feel better. At the end of the day, you're still not responsible for your dad's or anyone's emotions or feelings. You can only be responsible for your own feelings and emotions. So even if your dad is very, very upset, that is not your fault. And it's not something that you can control. Okay. Last one that I have on this is just to remember the big picture. This is your day. It is your wedding. It is your marriage. And by your, I mean like the royal you, the two of you. So it is the day for the two of you. It is the marriage of the two of you. And you shouldn't be doing anything that you don't want to do. Yes, I very much believe in picking your battles if it's something, you know, if you don't care at all about the flowers and your mom is insistent that, you know, a lily be involved somewhere, go ahead, mom, bring the lilies, no problem. But you do want to stand up for yourself. And if there's things you're not comfortable with doing, you shouldn't do them. So in the example I started with off the top, you know, the father giving the bride away, I hear so many people who say like, oh, but you know, I really love my dad and it's such a sweet moment and he's been talking about it. You know, he's dreamed of it my whole life. We have this video of me when I was five years old and my dad saying, oh, I can't wait to walk her down the aisle or, oh, you know, something sweet and sentimental like that. And that is beautiful and that is lovely. And that's amazing that you and your father have, you know, a great relationship and that this is something he's looked forward to. But if you are not comfortable with that, tradition, if you don't like the symbolism, if you don't believe that the bride needs to be given away, if you don't want to take a walk with just your dad, you know, leaving your mom out of it, if you don't want to have all eyes on just the bride instead of the groom or, you know, whatever it is, if for any reason you're not comfortable with that tradition, that is very valid. And in my opinion, because it is your wedding and your marriage, that should trump the, you know, dream that your father has had, even if it's been, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of your dad holding on to this dream, it's your wedding. You are a real person. You know, your dad had this dream when you were a little girl. He had no idea who you were going to be marrying. It was just sort of, you know, like a little fantasy that he had in his head. But now it's real. There's specifics. There's real humans involved with their brains. And I think if you are not comfortable with this tradition, that is fine. That is valid. That is reason enough not to do it. And you don't need to cave just because your dad's been, you know, thinking about it longer. That's, you know, that's not that's not a good enough reason in my mind for you to do something that you're not comfortable with. So you can get to the root of it. And like I said, you can explain that to your dad, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this, um, you know, part of the tradition, but I, you know, really, of course, love you and want you to be involved with the day. How about you do a reading instead? Or how about, you know, I'm going to walk myself down the aisle, but when I get to the end, I'd love to have you stand up and, you know, hug me or something before I get married, whatever it is, whatever you want to do. Um, and hopefully, you know, if your dad is really loving you, the person, not the idea of you and the idea of walking you down the aisle, he'll get on board with that because, you know, the whole the whole idea of the dad walking the daughter down the aisle, having that moment is because he loves you and supports you and wants you to have this beautiful marriage. And you'd think it should be the marriage that you want that starts off um, on the foot that you want it to start off on. So that's just another soapbox rant from me, which you probably come to expect from this podcast. Thank you so much if you have made it this far. And I hope that you feel empowered and confident to go ahead with whatever non-traditional aspects, unconventional aspects of your wedding that you are planning. Know that if they work for you and your partner, then that's all that really matters. Big picture it is your wedding. It is your marriage. And that's um, who it's important to please. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings.